episode 13. You're listening to Vox Talk, and I'm your host, Stephanie Cicerelli. If you're into voiceovers, this is a podcast for you. We record Vox Talk twice a week, so there's ample opportunity to get involved and to tune in. Let's get this party started. The Loop, informing you of news and current voiceover events. The Annie Awards were handed out this past weekend with Disney and Pixar's Cars taking home the big prize. Cron.com says that every winner of the Annie Awards animated feature category goes on to win the best animated feature at the Oscars, so be sure to keep your eyes on Cars. To find out who the other winners were, go to AnnieAwards.com. In other news, on the eve of Valentine's Day, the Toronto Public Library invites youth and the young at heart to the Anime Ball at the York Woods Theatre. Participants are invited to come dressed as their favourite anime character and are encouraged to make a dramatic entrance on a red carpet. Special guest Emily Claire Barlow, Sailor Mars from the popular Sailor Moon series, will share her experience as a voice actor. To learn more, go to keeptorontoreading.ca. To wrap up, the CBC Radio program, and sometimes why, dedicated a segment of their show to the unfolding story of Microsoft's lawsuit with the Mapuche, the native people of Chile, over Microsoft's intended use of the Mapuche language on the internet. The Mapuche claim that their language is private property and that Microsoft did not consult them before announcing plans to use it for financial gain. There are 400,000 people in total who speak the Mapuche language. To learn more, go to cbc.ca slash and sometimes why. The Biz, helping you grow your voiceover business. This week in The Biz, Julie Williams explores whether it is skill or talent that gets voice actors the job. Is it talent or is it skill? You know, I hear people talking about talent all the time, and there is an element of talent in voiceovers. There are some people who are naturally more gifted than others, and I'm not talking about their voices either. I'm talking about what they do with their voices. We're even called voice talent. But I teach voiceover workshops because I believe voiceover is a skill that can be taught. Equate it to, say, um, piano lessons. Some people are naturally gifted at playing the piano, and they play well without much effort. Some people aren't as gifted, but they work very hard at it, and they really get good, sometimes better than the naturally gifted pianist because they put so much work into it. You can learn to refine your craft of voiceover and do better than some of the natural talents if you don't happen to be one. And if you are a natural, you can find yourself losing jobs to people who are more skilled and practiced than you are. How good would a naturally talented pianist be if he never practiced? How good would a professional athlete be if he never practiced? Do you practice? Especially if you're new, this is really important. If you're not using your voice every day, if you're not doing jobs and auditions every day, then you need to be practicing. What do I mean by practicing? At every workshop I do, I issue my students a challenge, and amazingly, not one person has done it yet. Not one. I tell them to take 10 minutes a day and read a book into a tape recorder. Just read through the entire book, picking up where you left off the day before. Don't reread it if you didn't like how you did it, but do listen back to see how you could have sounded more conversational. Once you're done with the book, you'll have a Christmas present for your mother and lots of practice cold reading copy. This is a very valuable skill. 
because sometimes you walk into an audition with barely enough time to read through the copy. And when you practice, you will also get much better at what you do. You'll get better at reading one thing while you say another, and your delivery will get better as well. If you have an audio piece that you'd like to see included in this segment or a suggestion, email your thoughts to media at voices.com. Tech Talk, walking you through the technological landscape. This week, Colin Campbell of AffordableAnnouncer.com shares his thoughts on mics, processors, and preamps. Mic preamps and processors. Now, preamps are a funny thing. They can cost anywhere from below $100 to over $1,000. These days, tube, sorry for the plosive, tube mic preamps are all the rage. Now, there are cheap tube mic preamps, and there are expensive tube mic preamps. Now, I don't have any personal experience with either, but I'm told that tube mic preamps that are cheap are not anything to be crazy about. Expensive ones are good, but it's a lot of money. I think all of that is probably a little too hoity-toity for our uh, our particular um, vocation here as a voiceover artist. All right, what do I use? I use a Symmetrix 52080. Why? Well, I've worked in radio for many, many years. Symmetrix 52080 is the mic processor that is used in probably almost 95% of all radio studios, and they've been using them for years. It is the predecessor, it is the successor to the 528. Now, Symmetrix has been making this thing for many, many years, and the 528E is outmoded. It's not computer controlled. It doesn't have presets. But Symmetrix still makes it and still sells a lot of them because they're very good. The Symmetrix 52080 is both a mic preamp and a mic processor. Now, what does that mean? Well, it preamplifies the mic to line level. It suppresses sibilance or S's in your voice. It also will downward expand, which is commonly referred to as a noise gate, which means when you're silent, it cuts the sound from the background during the silent pauses. Then it compresses the higher, louder passages to create a fuller, fatter sound. After that, you have a parametric equalizer, and that is so you can tweak the sound of your voice to bring out the best quality or components of your voice. You have a low, mid, and high section of equalization. In each section, you have both how much gain or loss in that section, how wide of a swath of that section of low, mid, or high frequencies you can adjust, and then exactly at what center frequency that adjustment will be at. Uh, I find that, at least with the male voice, my voice, that boosting 3 or 4K in the mid section is a good thing. It brings out a kind of a crisp sound. Then you can play around with the low end as well to bring out a little resonance or ballsy or pipes quality that men like. And in the high end, you're just kind of fighting the de-esser. You want highs, but you don't want sibilance. It's kind of a, a tough call. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn off first the uh, turn off the compressor and the downward expander. Now, you can see, when I turn off the compressor and downward expander, the first thing you notice is the background noise. The downward expander, or what is commonly called a noise gate, is a helpful thing in the studio because I wouldn't have all this noise if I turn it on. Watch, I'll turn it on. Ah, 
the noise is gone. The noise is back when it's off. Uh, the de-esser, well, the de-esser doesn't do a whole lot. It cuts down a little bit of sibilance. Sibilance, let's try it. It's now off. Sibilance, it's now on. Sibilance, it's it's subtle. The de-esser is probably the weakest link in the chain. Um, now, if I turn off the equalizer, boy, do I sound flat. Now, let's turn it all off. Okay, we have no DS. We have no downward expansion or noise gate, and we have no compression, and we have no EQ. So that's basically my microphone all by itself. Okay, it's raw. Now, what we're going to do, first we're going to turn on the DS. The DS is on. You probably can't tell any difference there. Again, that's very subtle. Now we're going to turn on the downward expander slash noise gate and the compressor. Now that gives me a little better sound. I have less noise in the background, and I have a little bit of squashing or crunching on the top end to make my voice sound fatter. But now here's the PAC Resistance. I didn't say that right. I'm, I'm not a Frenchy Frenchman. But here is the EQ. And now I'm back to where I was before. Do you see the difference? That's why you need processing. You need a mic processor. Now, let's talk about prices and models. If you are on a budget, I would recommend a DBX-286A. Now, I don't have any experience with the DBX-286A, but DBX has a good reputation. It's only $200. It's both a mic preamp and a processor, and I'm sure it's very good. The next step up is what I do have and what you're hearing now, the Symmetrics 528E. Now, again, it's old-fashioned, but they make them still, and they sell a lot because they're good. There are other options. If you have lots of money, you could buy an Air Tools, which is made by Symmetrics. It's about $1,500. It's got presets. You can hook it to your computer. You can save your presets. That's mainly designed in a studio where you have many different voices. But since in a VO home studio, you probably only have one voice, yours, you don't need multiple presets. But you do need processing. You need to process the voice in analog before you send it on to the computer to be digitized. I can't stress that enough. Uh, it's a crusade of mine. So many of the voiceover artists that I hear, here on VoiceOver Savvy or Voice123 or elsewhere, they just do a mic right into the computer. There's no processing, there's no help, there's, there's, there's no boost, and there's no noise cutting, no noise gate. I think that's a bad idea. You need a mic processor. It's probably more important uh, well, I, I won't say it's more important than your microphone, but I would say it's the second most important thing. You've got to put quality into the computer before it's digitized. Now, there are mic preamps and processors that have a digital output, and uh, that's a whole other episode, and I don't know a whole lot about it, so I won't get into it. But in my scenario, I have a good condenser microphone into a good, solid uh, mic processor preamp that has a good reputation over many years in radio that does a good job. It's well made. It's expensive. 52080, $500. But it does a good job. Next time, we'll talk about pop filters. Thank you for another candid look at the world of recording studio equipment, Colin. Voxbox, answering your voiceover questions. This is the last episode before nominations close for the Voicey Awards. If you or someone you know deserves a Voicey, be sure to get your nomination in before Valentine's Day. You can access the form at voiceyawards.com. That's V-O-I-C-E-Y awards.com. 
Here we are at the end. As always, you can send in your feedback via email, audio clip, and you can also call in to leave a message to air on the podcast. Just dial one 359 3472 extension 117. Looking forward to hearing from you. Bye for now.